Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Babies that were born uh, over a period of time, and that was one of the reasons why I was praying very hard about our last venue, because it wasn't big enough for us and all the babies. Um, But we've recently had a number of people get engaged. So we're not only producing babies, we're potentially producing couples that might also produce more babies. And uh, so these, there are three couples I want to stand up. Some of you will know who they are, others won't, but they're not all here, I know that. Uh, First of all, where's John? John's got engaged. Now, John, yeah, now, Petra's not here, so don't look around him and think, who's he engaged to? I didn't know. But if John's got engaged, there's a God. Yeah? You know John. John has got engaged. He got to that point, that commitment. John, that is wonderful. Uh, John has got engaged, and that's wonderful. Um, but also, there's Lally and Nick. Where's Lally? Now, Nick is already practicing for the future. He's in creche. He said, I've got engaged. I need to look after some children. So, and that's wonderful. Uh, and it was Lally. Lally had her 30th birthday celebration uh, yesterday, and we had a bit of a boat, it, it, kind of a boat party. It wasn't quite a boat disco, but it was a boat, it was a boat party, and that was great as well. So Lally's got engaged. Now, this couple have been engaged for a little bit longer, but, but I don't think we've announced it, and that's James and Catherine. Where's... Where are they? Is Catherine there? Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? If you want to get married, come to Beacon. Yeah? So, uh, that, so these people are just, they're just getting engaged, and they're just going to get married, and I'm sure some will stay, some will go. That's what seems to happen, and we bless them all for that. In a moment, we're going to pray for them, because that's... It's a really big moment when you get engaged. I, I remember that moment. Um, uh, I, I, I won't describe how it happened. It didn't happen well, but it happened. And 26 years later, I've not been forgiven for how it happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I haven't got there yet, my love. Thank you. Uh, see, we're still communicating. We're still together, uh, my love and I. So, having got through engagement, you know then you get married. Yeah, that's what happens next. Well... Uh, There's a couple who are getting married next Saturday. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's Ibby and Simeon. So they're here. Stand up, stand up. It wasn't that long ago when we clapped their engagement. (laughs) And now we're applauding their wedding. So... Um, What I want us to do, because it is such a wonderful thing when this happens, is all of those of you who are uh, getting engaged, I want you to stand along with Ibi and Simi. And I just want people who, just to get get around them, we're going to pray for them. So you can move at this point, get around people you know, and you're just going to pray for them for a couple of moments. Pray God's blessing upon them and their lives and stuff.
Father, we're grateful to you for uh, these uh, people who have got engaged and they're getting married. And we want to pray your blessing upon them. Father, we pray particularly for Ibi and Simi uh, getting married next Saturday. We pray that you'll be with them. Uh, We pray that there'll be a sense of peace in their hearts as they approach this final day and these final moments of singleness and single life together and they go through that whole day together. I I pray that they'll know the peace of God. And Father, I pray for these couples that are getting engaged. I pray for uh, the joy of engagement, of falling in love to be theirs. Uh, But I pray also for uh, wonderful preparation for marriage. I pray that you will prepare them well, uh, that they will have a strong, secure foundation for the relationships that you're calling them to have. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, if you'd like to find a seat again. Okay, so there's one more... There's one more group that we're going to be uh, praying for, uh, particularly today, and that is, um, for some people, they've been on like holiday, summer holiday, that means they've been off school or or, or college or whatever that's been. And I know for, for many people, they go back to school, they go back to college, they go back to university, they're starting a new thing in a new place. And that's one of the reasons you can have fear, is, is, is change and difference and things that are coming up. So I want us to pray for those among us that are, are really students, they're, they're young people, they're, maybe they're starting a new school, they're starting a new college uh, this September, um, and I, I want to pray specifically for them. Uh, I want to add to that, though, uh, just, and you just need to accept this, not me personally, is I want, us, I want to pray for Yasmin, my daughter, because... Um, not just because she's my daughter, though, uh, you can imagine I pray for her lots, and I do, uh, but tomorrow she goes to Blackpool, where she's moving, um, and uh, she's hoping she's going to get involved in a church plant there, she's looking to work there, and she's leaving home, yeah, so she's just finished a, a university where she came out with a master's in mathematics, um, just learnt from me there, really, um, <laughs> so I taught her all she knows. Um, and so I want us to pray for the students, I want us to pray for, uh, for Yaz, and then the last group I'm just going to add into this, because there's going to be a lot of people standing, is I want us to pray for, in particular for teachers who are just, you're just going back into education, you're going back, uh, maybe the next day or so you've just gone back, Dave started a new job, um, as of I suppose Friday or Monday, one of the two, he would have been there, and that can always be a little bit nerve-wracking, um, But we have a God, and what we believe about God is this. He's a father who provides. So he provides a job, he provides a course, he provides a place. He's a father who protects, he will keep you, and he's a father who is present. And you need to know that when you go into your new situation, God is present. So however awkward or difficult it might seem to you, God is with you. If, if you're a believer, if you trust him, and you just need to have faith, you just need to believe it. God is with me. I'm a child of God. I don't need to fear this. So if you fall into any of those categories, I, I want you to stand where you are. So if you're a student, you're going back to school, or you're, you're a teacher, you're, or you're working in a school, I want you to stand where you are. Okay, most of our educationalists are over on this side of the room. 
uh, others, I, wa- I just wanted to spend a few minutes. Just get around them. Just put, lay your hands on them and let's just pray for them. Uh, can we do that now? Father, we do pray for uh, those going back into education, whether as students or as teachers or assistants. We, we, we want to pray a blessing upon them in this next year. Um, Father, we pray that uh, they will find and make good friends and good influences. Uh, Father, we pray that you would uh, give them resilience in their studies. Uh, Father, that every person who is studying will study to the best that they can study, um, that you will give them that ability. Father, I pray that they will come into strong relationships that motivate them to study. Uh, Father, I pray that those who have faith, you will protect it in new environments, in different places, uh, that you will keep them from the fear of man, the fear of friends, the fear of that can grip us when we're at school, at college, to fit in, to to be like everyone else. I pray, O God, that you will protect them from that fear that drives them. And I pray, O Father, that this will be such a fruitful time for them, Mm. fruitful in their lives, uh, fruitful in their education. And Lord, I pray it will be also such a freeing time for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So just uh, very quickly, a couple of uh, notices to give. Um, Obviously, this is now our new venue, so we really welcome you to to join us every Sunday at 10.30. Um, 
yeah, this is where we'll be. We won't, I'm sure we'll get the technical issues sorted out, but we won't always have the big band unless, unless there are musicians among us that want to play. <laughs> and if there are, then you just need to let somebody know, let one of the musicians know, speak to Matt and Alicia or Ruth about that. Um, we have, one of the other ways you can get involved in Beacon is we have small groups, house groups, community groups, whatever you you want to call them. One of them meets on a, on a Sunday after the service. I'm not sure when you next first meet. Week after the next. So it's like the 18th of September. So the 18th of September, there'll be a group that meets here. They'll have a meal together after the service. Other groups meet on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday evening. And um, you can just come and speak to me if you're interested in finding out about those. Um, on the 9th of October we will be having a dedication service here. I think we've already got at least three families that want to go do that, bring their child and give thanks to God for their child. If you're interested in doing that as well, then again, you just need to let me know. Okay. I really just want to say a few words from one verse. And uh, the verse is this, Genesis 12, um, verse 1. And uh, it's interesting because uh, when I was talking to Yasmin uh, just uh, maybe a week or so ago, God had spoken to her from this verse about her move to Blackpool and it, and it, and it, it had encouraged her um, over that time. So I'm just going to read this one verse. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Father, I pray that you will bless your words to us. I pray we will have open hearts to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Now, when you read that in the Bible and you read that about Abraham and then you read all the rest of the story, that just sounds, oh yeah, yeah, that's what God said to Abraham, great. But if you think about that in terms of your own life and your own existence and how things work for you, it becomes one of the most scary things you could ever imagine doing. Leave your family and go to a place I'll show you. So leave everything that you've known all that has stood around you, all that has protected and kept you, all that has supported you, leave it and go to a place I'll show you. So you don't know where you're going. The thing with Abraham is he didn't know where he was going. He was told to leave home and go somewhere. Now imagine doing that. Imagine that God had said to you, leave home and go somewhere and I'll show you where. So you recognise there's a cost to what God has asked Abraham to do because he's leaving everything he's known. And Abraham and Sarah at this point hadn't had any children and because they hadn't had any children, that meant they had no heritage, they had no legacy. If they left their family, there'd be even more without heritage or without legacy. So there was a cost for them to leave home, leave family. There was also lack of clarity in where they were going. Yeah, there's a cost and there's a lack of clarity. 
And you know what? That is often the way God does it. It's often the way God does it. God asks you to give up something. There's a cost. Because there's an element where God says to all of us, leave your family, leave your home, and go to a place that I'll show you. If you remember, Jesus later on says a very similar thing. He says, no one who leaves their father, their mother, their brother, their sister will, uh, will lose out in the kingdom of God. But leave. You have to leave. And you have to leave, and that's a cost, and then you have to be obedient, and that's to go. And if I said to you, look, we're just going to leave here where it's all been settled, and we're going to go somewhere else. Some of you wouldn't go if you didn't know where we were going. you say, well, where are we going? I'll say, well, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, why are we going somewhere if you don't know where we're going? Surely you need to think about where we're going to go before you go there. It's very natural. That's how we think. But that isn't always how God works. And the key thing about this, and Phil talked about last week, a very helpful message on Philip the Evangelist. You can get it on, on the website if you want to listen to it. But what he talked about was the idea that Philip was simply obedient. He made himself available, he was willing, and he was obedient to do what God asked him to do. And God told him to do things that at the time must have seemed a bit weird to him. And God has brought us as a church and you as an individual on a journey. And part of that journey, tough as it might be, is leave. You have to leave. And I don't mean to be overly challenging, but you will never fully fulfill the purposes of God if you don't leave. You never will. And sometimes we leave geographically, but we haven't left our family. We're still like, oh no, I'm still holding on there. I'm still wishing for that life. So I was really encouraged when, when Yasmin said to me, oh, God spoke to me through this passage about leaving your family. Leaving. And that she felt the peace of God. And, I, and what encouraged me most was the fact that God was speaking to her through the word. And that she was hearing it. That he wasn't just speaking to her through the circumstances or, or through what someone else had said. God was speaking to her directly through what the Bible said. And some of us need to leave. We were, we were part of a church before we came to Beacon. We were part of a church called King's Church in Catford. And I grew up in that church. I, there were people in that church that knew me when I was two years old. Yeah, I'd grown up in that church. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd got married in that church. I'd had all the children that I have in the church. My mum had gone to that church. My brothers and sisters had gone to that church. And in some ways, it was a very, it was a good place for me to be. I knew everyone, well, I didn't know everyone because it was a big church, but I knew lots of people in the church. And there was a moment where God said, leave. Leave your family. Go to a place. And, and the go to a place where I'll show you. I didn't know where I was going. But actually, willing to count the cost. I'm willing to follow. And that's what God is asking us to do as a church. That, that beacons in that kind of place where, where we've left and we don't quite know where we're going, but God is leading and directing us. But why it's so important that you do that is this. God was going to use Abraham to ultimately bless the world. It wasn't just he was using Abraham, I'm just going to bless you, Abraham, because you're a nice guy. He's going to use Abraham to bless others. That was part of what he was there to do. 
And so God says to us as a church, and he says to you as an individual, one of the reasons you have to leave, one of the reasons you have to count the cost, is because when you do so, when you become completely mine, when you become completely obedient to me, I can bless you. And not only can I bless you, you will be a blessing to others. And one of our prayers is that we will be a blessing to this school that we meet in. And thirdly, that through you, many people will be blessed. You see, had I stayed at my old church, because it was just, it was, it was nice there. Yeah? I mean, we had a house and it was completely decorated. Yeah? That's a cost. Not, that cost isn't so much for me. That cost is definitely for Pauline. Yeah? We, had, we decorated our house, we finished our house, and I think within a year God had told us to move. So there was grieving there, if you like an extended kitchen and stuff. But for all of us, and I just want you to hear it, this one thing, for all of us, when God calls you and he has a purpose for you, and he has a plan for you, and he has blessings for you, it will require you to leave. And that might not be physically. I'm not saying uh, you go home now and you say to your parents, well, do you know what, mum and dad, I'm out. Yeah, God's calling me. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. We need to be wise about how we do it. But in our heart and in our emotions, at times we need to leave in order that God can bless. Because God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. But it requires that we leave in order that we can embrace it, yeah? Because what he needs more than anything else is not just the cost. It's not just, well, you just need to learn how to live with the cost. God needs the obedience. God needs you to be obedient. If you are going to become a blessing to your friends, to your family, to others, he needs your obedience, do you know what happens when you get married? And this is for those who have just got engaged. The Bible says this about marriage. It says, for this reason, a husband leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and the two become one flesh. Yeah? It says that in Genesis. It says that again in Ephesians. Yeah? And do you know what it means? It means that when you get married, there's an element where you step right away from your family and you form a new family. And in that new family, you then can turn back and support others. But you don't bring your family with you as such. When I married Pauline, I wasn't marrying. There is an element where you do, but I wasn't marrying all her family. She wasn't marrying all my family and all the way we do things. It's one of the first issues you find in marriage is that you you discover, I didn't marry you, I just married everyone. So if you've got a big family, why betide? You don't just marry the one person, you marry all their siblings, all their parents, every rule, every idea. But God requires you to leave in order that he can then, because he requires your obedience, because through you then he can bless others. And I think God is calling us as a church to, to have that sense of being set apart for him that he wants to bless many, many more people than we are. He wants to reach many more people, and he only ever does it through others. That's how he does it. That's why he called Abraham out, because the only way he was going to bless the world was when he found someone.
through whom he could work. So he calls out Abraham, and you'll know that the parallel story, the bigger story in the New Testament was that God called his own son Jesus. Yeah? And Jesus became flesh, he became a man in order that we might come to that relationship with God. We could never come to God if he hadn't sent Jesus. Do you realise that? We'd never have the relationship with God that we have or that is open to us if we didn't find Jesus. Yeah? And because God sent his son in a way that we could identify with him, yet he was unlike us. He was like us, but he was unlike us. So let me encourage you, if you're a Christian, to, to get to that point where Abraham got, where he was like, you know, leave your father, leave your mother, leave your father's land, leave the way you lived and come to a place that I'll show you. You see, Abraham wasn't a Christian at home. Actually, he was a pagan. He was a, it actually says he was a moon worshipper. He worshipped the moon. He didn't worship God. But God took him and changed him. And through changing Abraham, he blessed the world. And through changing you, God wants to bless all those around you. He wants to bless the community you're a part of. He wants to reach you. He wants to touch you. So God has spoken to us, and particularly he's spoken to me, about establishing this church here in Brixton. And we've been on a journey. This is our, this is our seventh venue in nine years. So it feels like we move every like year and a bit. We're hoping that we don't do that here. Uh, but that's what it has felt like. But he's called us to establish this church. And there are four things he's called us to put into this church, I believe. First of all, that this church should be filled with his grace. And his grace is this fundamental idea that I'm accepted by God. Yeah? I loved the Olympics. How many of you watched the Olympics? Yeah? I, I, do you know what? I watch sport. Yeah? Pauline gets a bit bored. I watch sport. I loved the Olympics. The challenge of the Olympics is this. It's all about performance. It's all about how well you do. It's all about how hard you try. With God, it's not like that. Yeah? With God, you are accepted because of Jesus. And that's grace. God accepts you. God fundamentally accepts you in Jesus. And so we've been called to build a church that is full of Grace, that that would be one of the characteristics of it. That just as God has accepted me, I will learn to accept others. That fundamentally we won't be about performance, about how well we do. That's not to say that we should be slapdash, but it's not about performance. It's about our relationship. Secondly, he's called us to establish a church in Brixton that is Christ-centred, that has Jesus at the centre of it. And what that means is that for all the different places we come from, I don't know how many different languages we would speak here or how many different places we come from around the world, what brings us together is the fact that Christ is at the centre. It's not the fact that we live in Brixton. It's not simply the fact that, oh, we found a church. It's that Christ is at the centre. If you read uh, in Ephesians 2 where it talks about one new humanity, it talks about Jesus bringing people that were far apart, hostile to one another, he brings them together. At the cross. 
And when he does that, he makes peace in their relationships. Now that is supernatural, because so often when you bring people together who are different from one another, there is not peace. There is often misunderstanding, miscommunication. But Jesus brings peace. So we want to be a Christ-centered church. We want to be a spirit-led church. So one of the reasons we're here is because God has led us here. Not simply because we looked around and we tried to find a place. God has led us here. That's why we're so keen for God to speak through people, through the prophetic. Because as God speaks, we hear his voice and, and we get we get to know what he wants us to do. And that's always the best place to be. Do you know what? I've got to the point where we're, we're about to have some double glazing in our house. And uh, do you know what? I prayed about the double glazing. Yeah? I'm not sure I would have done that for you, but I prayed about, oh, God, is this right? You get double glazing. Yeah? I bring everything. <laughs> I bring everything. I'm praying. I'm praying. God, I want to know what you, what, what is it that you have? Spirit-led. And then the final thing is that the church would be God-honouring. And what that's about is the fact that God has put some commandments, he's put some rules, he's put some ways of living in the Bible that we want to honour. We're not just coming to church because it's the trendy thing to do, because it's clearly not the trendy thing to do. But we do want to honour God in how we live. I do want to follow his ways. I don't want to call myself a Christian, but live in a way that's not a Christian. I want to be honouring to God in how I live, both publicly and privately. And I'd encourage you to do the same. And it's the kind of church that we're wanting to establish here in Brixton. God has, and I've used these phrases before, he has provided for us. And I want you to note that. God has provided. Yeah? He's shown himself to be a living God, a faithful God, because he's provided when nothing else provided. God has protected us. There have been moments uh, in the history of Beacon where you wondered, is it going to keep going? But God has protected the church. And thirdly, God is with the church. And all of those three things apply to you as an individual. God provides for you. God protects you. God is present with you. And I want you to know that when you go to work tomorrow when you go back to school or you go back to college, just remind yourself, oh no, God's with me. I'm not a slave to fear anymore. When you're in that situation, you think, oh man, this is, this is a bit awkward, this is a bit different. No, God is with me. Remember it. Remember what happens when you wait for God, when you allow God to act on your behalf. Let's pray together. Father, we... Thank you so much for just being with us today. We thank you that through the techie issues, the presence of God was felt. The spirit of God was present. And Father, I pray that for every person here today, they will leave today knowing that you're with them. Knowing that your Holy Spirit is going with them into whatever situation they find themselves in tomorrow. Strengthen us, we ask. Bring to us a, an assurance and a peace that only comes from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website 
which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.